You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Well, welcome to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff, and we are currently in a series that we have kind of entitled, What Does the Bible Say About? And then fill in the blank. Today, we are filling in that blank with tithing. What does the Bible say about tithing? Um, And for those of you who are maybe not super familiar, that is a very churchy term. Sometimes in churches we use churchy terms. That, I feel like, would be one of them. So can you define what a tithe is specifically for people and kind of where we get it? Yeah, uh, the word tithe is actually a Hebrew term. So it's an Old Testament term. It just literally means one-tenth. So in the Old Testament, the idea was this. You were to tithe one-tenth of your crops. You were to tithe one-tenth of your livestock. Uh, there was a whole lot of things that were included in that, but it just simply meant one-tenth. So when we talk about tithing at church, is that kind of what's being referred to? Yeah, again, that's sort of the standard of measurement. It really is an Old Testament principle, though, and you won't find it in the New Testament, in all honesty. So pastors that have stood and preached sermons on you have to tithe. Uh, Actually, in the New Covenant, there is really no talk of this idea of a tithe. Now, I think it's a good principle. I really do. In fact, I think it's a good starting point. In fact, some pastors would say, listen, if Old Testament principle is a tithe, in light of what Christ has done for us, is it possible uh, you know, that we should be doing more than a tithe? This idea of offerings on top of that. So uh, again, it's an Old Testament principle. It's kind of been used as a standard of the church. Um, and again, whether it's still in effect today or not, I think can be argued, but it's often been used. So how would you translate that to us? I mean, if we, we're a church that says we believe in the New Testament um, and we kind of stand behind that, is that rule kind of done away with and out the door now if we consider ourselves to be New Testament people or is there a standard there that we need to continue to live by? Yeah, I think we're being honest with each other and probably want to be on this podcast. Would be, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's any longer in effect. I don't. But, but I would say this. I think it's a good principle to start with. But I think in the Old Testament was this idea of keeping the law in order to somehow make yourself acceptable before God. I think in light of the grace of God, recognizing that we don't work, we don't earn our way to heaven, we don't do religious goodies in order to gain the favor of God. But now out of what Christ has done for us, I really think giving takes on a whole new idea. Now, out of the graciousness of God, we begin to give. Um, You know, Scripture talks about those who sow sparingly, reap sparingly. Those who sow generously will also reap generously. I almost want to take a look at it from the New Testament of the idea of the graciousness of God, the blessing of God in our lives. And honestly, I I think the starting point is 10%. I, I think if you're a follower of Jesus, you recognize what he's done in your life, not out of a legalistic nature, but out of what the grace of God has done for us. I think that's just a good starting point. And then from there, I think, you know, you and I become more surrendered. God blesses in greater ways, and you and I continue to give. Well, I think that's what's so interesting about giving is a lot of times it can feel like a sacrifice, and a lot of people give sacrificially. They give up things so that they can give to the ministry that's being done. But Scripture is pretty clear that if you give, you'll be blessed by God in return. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to get into the health and wealth gospel where we give, now all of a sudden we become rich. I I don't mean that at all. 
I, I think we've got to take a look at it in the New Testament times from this idea of just how good and gracious God has been to us. And to be honest with you, I think some people who have greater means probably should do more than 10%. I love, for instance, Rick Warren, where he actually gives 90% and keeps 10% to himself. Letourneau, the guy who made the big earth movers, did the same thing. He was so enamored with the grace of God that he gave away 90% of what he made and he kept 10% for himself. So again, I think in greater grace in the New Testament, I think it ought to push us and challenges us to kind of give back again. The, the, the tithe or the offering goes to the work of the Lord. It goes uh, you know, to edifying believers. It goes to reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So again, it goes for some very good things. If we're talking about storing up treasures in heaven rather than here on earth, uh, those are the things I think someday we're going to be unveiled that we were a part of. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I love so much about Sunnybrook as a church. I think there's maybe a misconception out there that we're this rich church or there's some people that fund the ministry. But I mean, really, it really is just people that are consistently and sacrificially giving to the ministry that's happening here. That might be one of the greatest misnomers of Sunnybrook Church is, oh, it's a rich church and rich people. We really don't have that many rich people. We really don't. In fact, Kevin will always say that the greatest gift we ever got was 150000 during our building campaign. What's neat about this church, and I love it, and I think this is how all churches ought to be, is everybody gives sacrificially according to how God's given to them. That's going to be different measurements for different people. But the whole body gets involved and they give, and it's one of the reasons we've been able to support the ministry of this church and continue to do exciting things to reach this community, to make an impact here, is because every individual takes it as a personal responsibility that according to how God has blessed them, they give. And it's just good. I think it is sometimes a hard thing to wrap your mind around, especially if you didn't necessarily grow up with this modeled for you. There's kind of this idea of just throw 20 bucks in the plate as it comes by, that kind of idea when it comes to giving. So let's say people are working to grow in their faith. They're working to get better at giving, maybe giving a tithe, maybe even giving more than that. What are some first steps that they can take if they're looking to maybe move in that direction? Yeah, I always say to people with regards to this, you, you just simply have to get started. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Paul talks about, hey, on the first day of the week, I want you to set aside some, I think there's a principle there of that it needs to be consistent and regular. So however you get paid, maybe that's twice a month, maybe that's once a month, maybe it's every week, but I would set aside some of that because every time you do that, I think the one thing you're slaying is sort of the God of this world. You, you have to recognize the United States of America, the God of this world is money. That's the God we seem to serve. So every time you're taking sort of the God of this world and you are surrendering it over to the one true God, I think that's a good practice. So I would try to do it on a weekly basis. I would start with a small percentage. Let's just, I, I think if you're given for the first time, you'd say to yourself, 10%, that's way too much. So start at five, start at four, start at three. And then every year, I would try to challenge yourself to maybe do a percentage more. But I like the idea of uh, giving being regular, consistent, something you take off the top because this is the first priority in your life and give in that sort of fashion. And every year, get a little bit better at it. Because there is that idea in Scripture that it should be what you do first. I think it's critical. I, I do. Yeah, sort of. And it was an Old Testament principle too. Out of the first fruits, you now make an offering to God. You're, you're saying in effect, every time you do that, God, you have first place in my life. Not what I need to buy, not my bills, not anything else, but God, you have first place in my life. So yeah, I think it's a great principle. 
It's no secret that this is maybe something that we as Americans struggle with. Uh, there's credit card debt, there's debts that are owed, there's all sorts of things. Um, so I also want to make it clear that we have things here at Sunnybrook, if you find yourself in a financial situation where you're like, I can't even think about giving right now, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. We offer a class known as Financial Peace. It's actually starting up in January. Can you share a little bit about kind of what that class does for people? Yeah. Uh, Beth and I, my wife and I took it when we first got married. I think it's one of the best things out there. He's going to make it real clear that no matter where you are financially, you need to start giving to the Lord, no matter where that is. Because if you don't give when you have nothing, you won't give when you have a lot. But then he has sort of this snowball principle as to how you pay off some of the debts in your life to get yourself back to that position of being debt-free. Because again, we become a slave you know, to the debtor. And uh, certainly there's a principle in Scripture of how we want to get free of those kinds of things. And so he'll walk you through how to budget, how to finance, how to get out of debt, how to use a snowball principle. And I think financial peace is almost a must mm. for every young couple. I, I think it should be a part of premarital counseling. That's how critical I think it is because, you know, one of the things that can often cause stress in a marriage is finances. So if you can get that issue down and start giving to the Lord, I think it's just a good thing. I think there'll be blessing that will come in your life and in your marriage when you do. That class starts up mid-January. There's information on our website, sunnybrookchurch.org, if you're interested in doing that as a couple or even as a small group, if that's something that you want to sign up uh, and be a part of. But I just want to give also a thank you to all of the people that sacrificially give to Sunnybrook and the ministry of this church lives are being changed. People are coming to know Jesus. We are reaching our community and being for our community in ways like we never have been before. Yeah, and if I could just say, we take what you give very seriously. Mm -hmm. We do. We steward it to the glory of God. We pray over it. Elders are very careful to use the money in a way that would honor and please the Lord. So know that we're very careful with your giving. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you join us next week as we continue this series together. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.